long in my automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile. My curiosity running wild. Cruising and playing the radio. With no particular place to go. Riding along in my Welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Great to have you on for our second hour of Car Radio today. Uh, if you if you missed the whole broadcast today, uh, uh, by the way, um, you can always get us next week uh, on uh, podcast. We are available all over the place: Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Detroit News podcast channels, so lots of ways to get your car radio fix. Uh, if you if you can't join us uh, every Saturday noon to two live, and speaking of live, I am down in uh, Virginia uh, this week, uh, this weekend, uh, broadcasting from Strat- Stratford, Virginia, down in the uh, northern neck of the Potomac River, beautiful part of the country. I'm uh, not driving anything particularly special. Uh, this weekend, you got a little Buick Encore uh, that I'm driving around, but it's a, it's a wonderful little SUV and a reminder of how much this industry has changed um, in recent years as folks have gone from sedans to SUVs. Uh, and, the, and Buick, of course, uh, their, their entire lineup has changed uh, to SUV, what was once a... Uh, sedan lineup, uh, Buick is now an all SUV lineup, but beginning with this little Buick Encore, uh, that I'm driving all the way up to the big Buick Enclave. It's been a, a sales boon for, uh, Buick as well as other manufacturers. And, uh, one of the most prominent in that regard is Ford. Ford is another brand that is going all SUV. Of course, they have uh, dominated the big truck segment for 40-plus years with the F-150, with the F-Series of trucks. But uh, Ford has also made the decision, like Buick brand, like um, uh, like uh, Stellantis uh, um, uh, brand, uh, to go all SUV. And, um, and, uh, and, and that's brought some real changes to the lineup, uh, none more than at its entry level. You no longer see Ford Focuses or Ford Fusions. What you see is the Ford Escape, the Ford Bronco Sport, and now the Ford Maverick pickup truck. We're going to talk in our first segment here for the second hour with Todd Eckert, the marketing management, about this extraordinary truck. Uh, we're going to follow that with another Best of Car Radio segment. We're going to talk to Shahe Apelian, who's the development, development engineer for the Hyundai Santa Cruz, another unibody-based, SUV-based pickup truck in the entry-level pickup segment. And then we're going to wind up the hour talking to Rachel Felsrath. She is the marketing manager for the Jeep Grand Wagoneer. This is still a truck-based SUV, big truck-based SUV, spectacular thing. Uh, Jeep uh, getting into that market, going after the... um, Big boys, the Cadillac Escalade and the Lincoln Navigator. So three great uh, Best of Car Radio segments coming your way. Uh, We're going to lead off with Todd Eckert, Marketing Manager for the Ford Maverick. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM Superstation uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee. Beautiful day down here, truck country. And I'm sitting down with Todd Eckert, who's the Marketing Director for Ford Trucks. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great, Henry. 
great to uh, have you on the program. And uh, always good to be in Nashville. A lot going on down here. Uh, also, uh, a lot going on with Ford and Tennessee. We're just coming off the uh, announcement of the big um, uh, electric um, factories being uh, put into production over on the west side of the state. Uh, we're over here in Nashville, out in the country. A lot of trucks out here. Exciting news. You guys are bringing in as your entry-level vehicle. I'm an old Ford Focus guy. <laughs> that used to be the entry-level vehicle for Ford. The entry-level vehicle now for Ford is a pickup truck. That's the Ford Maverick that we're testing down here. Tell us about the Ford Maverick. Well, it's really exciting news, Henry, as you mentioned, and we're really excited about it. Uh, the uh, affordable entry into our lineup and a really great extension of our Built for Tough truck lineup as well, um, really giving value to customers um, in terms of it's a crew cab, uh, five uh, up to seating for five people, four full-size doors, um, and really um, it gives you that functionality and flexibility um, that you would expect from a pickup truck, um, but really some, you know, in terms of the interior and the overall design of the vehicle, we think really will introduce our truck lineup to maybe some customers who didn't uh, think about a truck before, um, but given that flexibility um, and that urban environment, we're now more maneuverability, um, smaller size than a Ranger, uh, about a foot shorter um, from a length perspective, and about four and a half inches um, uh, lower from an overall vertical perspective. Um, we think it'll be a really good fit for uh, those entry-level customers who are looking for strong value, um, but also the built for tough durability and capability that you get from a truck. Well, and it's quite a journey you guys have had over the last uh, six years. I want to say the current generation F-150 was introduced, the aluminum body F-150 was introduced 2015, right? Correct. That, that's correct. Yep. So, so you start in 2015, huge investment mm -hmm. in the F-150 going all aluminum. Uh, did not choose to do a mid-sized truck at that time. Mm -hmm. The Ranger left the lineup uh, earlier in the decade. About 2011. Yeah. So uh, F-150 comes in all, all, all new 2015. You follow the Ranger lo lo later in the decade, and now here comes a segment that we didn't know existed. I don't think uh, you guys have ever been in a unibody truck segment. Correct me if I'm wrong, starting at $20,000? Yeah, I mean, this is really a breakthrough for us and really for the industry. And, and um, you're right, we introduced Ranger back into the midsize pickup market in 2018. Uh, and now we really feel like uh, further extending that built for tough truck lineup uh, in terms of that affordability. It is a unibody design. Um, and what that affords us is lower ingress, egress, easier for people to get in and out, um, lower lift over when you're thinking about the sides of a pickup box um, from that perspective, uh, and more interior room as well, and some unique underseat storage and some other things that we can do. But at the same time, we wouldn't bring a truck to market if it wasn't built for a tough. So over 19 million miles of real and simulated lab um, testing um, to make sure in all the things that uh, that we would put a truck through that uh, that our uh, our uh, Ford Maverick can, uh, can handle that. So we really think um, bringing that strong combination and a great extension to the lineup. As you mentioned, you know, as we've exited sedans um, you know this is an opportunity to bring uh, a new um, opportunity into the marketplace where it's that value that affordability starting below twenty thousand dollars at 19995 MSRP without D&D &D, um, we think is a really powerful statement in the market yeah it really is uh, never seen a pick we haven't seen a pickup truck at this price point in a long time you're talking with customers all the time as, yep. as a marketing guy that's right uh, the 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 legend used to be that Ford didn't need a mid-size pickup because when customers looked at Ranger, then they'd just look at F-150 and say, oh, I, I'm just going to pay a couple grand more, go to F-150, it's got all this capability, it's big. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, and this has happened within a decade, mm -hmm. now you've got not only an F-150 at Ranger, but you also have this small truck 
What has changed in the market? What's changed in customers that you're talking to? Yeah, it's really just watching customers in terms of some of that separation of uh, you know affordability and what they're looking for, and also the maneuverability, which is, is certainly what Maverick delivers. And I think, Henry, one of the really exciting parts is at that 1995 price point, the first standard hybrid in a pickup uh, in America. And so um, with great fuel economy, um, 40 miles per gallon, estimated EPA, um, roughly about 500 miles of range on a full tank of gas. Um, so really giving kind of that, that one-two punch truck capability um, and maneuverability, but at the same time, that fuel efficiency with that standard hybrid. Are, are you seeing customers, are you seeing your customers becoming more urban where they need a smaller truck? What, what, are, you, what are you hearing from uh, folks. Well, certainly watching, you know, and, and we've watched customers, um, you know, with sedans and with some of the small SUVs struggle a little bit, needing a little bit more functionality and versatility. Mm -hmm. And that was really the genesis and, and the starting point from a Maverick perspective. So, yeah, we're looking at a customer who maybe spends a little bit more time in an urban environment, suburban city, but at the same time wants to get outside of the city. Um, and Maverick will be perfect for that. More maneuverability, a tight turning radius, 40 uh, feet curb to curb. Um, so, in in terms of maneuverability, spot on um, for those kinds of environments, but still we've got things like FX4 packages and our all-wheel drive on our optional uh, 2.0 liter EcoBoost engine where you can get outside the city as well. And the hybrid, of course, very capable to, to, to uh, take people on their weekend adventures as well. Yeah, I was looking at 500 miles of range mm -hmm. in this thing, which is pretty extraordinary for any kind of pickup truck. The uh, customer walks into a showroom now, Ford showroom, uh, as you say, sedan, no, no more sedans, but what they get in this space is really fascinating. They get uh, a Ford Escape, a Ford Maverick, and a Ford Bronco Sport, all built on the same chassis. I know that makes, uh, it's a great business decision for you yep. guys, makes, makes it easier to make sense of putting hybrids in a $20,000 car. But, uh, but talk about that Ford customer then who walks into a dealership now and looks at those three options. Mm -hmm. um, how, how are, how do they look differently at these three products? Well, I think really at that entry price point, giving customer choice. I think that's what Ford has always been about, and certainly what uh, Build for Tough Trucks has always been about, is giving that range of choice. So we've got options for somebody that comes in looking for more of that traditional small SUV with Escape. Now with Bronco Sport, a bit more of that rugged, um, off-road uh, environment. And now we think with the Ford Maverick, that opportunity to combine um, that versatility and flexibility and the pickup box um, you know, in a very affordable price point. Yeah, I'm a huge Bronco Sport fan. Um, I, I, an incredibly versatile uh, uh, hatchback on that thing. I would probably go Bronco Sport, but this, but this vehicle for somebody who wants a bed mm -hmm. feels very similar to the Bronco Sport. I mean, as you say, there's an FX4 package available. It can go uh, off off-roading uh, very, very uh, easily. Uh, you expect those are probably the, the Escape. I presume is still going to be the volume. Uh, vehicle, but 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 uh, Bronco Sport and and uh, Maverick sort of competing for a whole new segment of customers. Well, really, and we really don't see kind of them as necessarily competing because I think it's different customer experience and needs that you have in terms of more of that traditional SUV with a little bit more off-road with Bronco Sport, but with Maverick, um, maybe for some folks that maybe didn't think a truck was for them, um, I think now they'll take a look at Maverick um, because of the environment it can now fit in both urban and outside the city as well. Um, and you know, we've really designed it around that customer so things like our flex bed where there's DIY opportunities we'll sell accessories but at the same time we develop things understanding how our customer will use the truck how it'll fit into their lifestyle so we have 
slots in the bed for, they can put two by fours for bed dividers, or um, on the upper portion of the bed where they can put also two by fours or two by sixes where they can put in load floors and other types of things, do-it-yourself bike racks. So um, really thinking about how this customer, their makers, their doers, um, they're a bit more of a diverse customer, not only in who they are, but also where they live. Um, it was really important that we designed the Maverick around their lifestyle. Yeah, and this is the first time you guys have done this uh, on a truck on any car, as far as I know. Uh, and it seems to go to a new generation of not just young people. It goes to my wife. My mm -hmm. wife, uh, when she needs to do something, she, she, she Googles it. She goes on YouTube right. and, and figures out how to fix something uh, in our house on our roof. Right. Uh, sounds like a similar uh, application here with this truck. That's absolutely right. I mean, we'll have the full array of Ford accessories. If people want cargo management systems and things of that nature, we'll certainly have those there. But at the same time, we want to cater to these makers and doers who are looking for their own solutions. They're creative folks, and you're right, it defies age. Although, you know, we think the target will bring in a little bit of a younger mindset. Um, the, it really, we think um, that maker mindset is really across. And so we've done that no, not only with our flex bed, but also in our, in our interior. Um, spent a lot of time making sure that that interior, even though that's starting price point, um, you know, below 20000 in our range, Lariat, up into the, you know, you can get close to thirty with a, a, a more fully loaded um, type Maverick, um, but really making sure that, again, that interior is designed around their lifestyle. So, um, for example, you'll see the door handle, it, the door armrest is split um, so that it could accommodate larger water bottles because we saw our customers bringing those in, didn't have a place, and they set them on the seat, they're rattling around. So, looked at those types of things, and our Ford integrated tether system as well where it gives opportunities for people to even 3d print at uh, some point but opportunities to bring in you know grocery hooks and cup holders and things uh, in the rear seating area um, to really make that vehicle their own but thinking about it from a place where even though we're under that twenty thousand dollar price point um, it's simple but not basic and yeah. so you'll see contours on both the IP and on the door uh, trim Another big one for us is the technology that they bring in. We have an eight inch screen that's standard in the center stack, and that's really important because we found that our customers are largely bringing in their own phones, their own devices. So we've made it that across the, the range with Ford Maverick, um, you've got the opportunity for um, uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay um, capability. Um, and uh, so we think that's a really strong statement about um, we have technology in the vehicle, but at the same time, we're allowing the customer to bring in their own technology. We saw that happening in our research and our uh, discussions with customers. Well, and I think that's re what's really changed, uh, too, with customers over the last decade. You see this uh, across the lineup in every vehicle. Uh, is, is now uh, people aren't just getting into a vehicle anymore. They're bringing another device into the vehicle and with a phone. As you say, this has standard Apple CarPlay uh, and Android Auto, so, so you guys don't have to have a navigation system in this Correct. vehicle. It, this assumes that you're going to navigate with your phone. There are also QR codes. They're all over this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And those QR codes are really about that DIY, giving customers, um, you know, snackable videos and content so that kind of stimulating their own creativity around things that you can do um, with, you know, make-it-yourself bike racks. Or uh, in the bed, we have uh, pre-wiring on each side of the bed from XL all the way up to Lariat. Um, we have the opportunity where it's a pre-wire, um, just open up a cubby, and uh, there's a wiring harness there instead of having to hack in to the electrical system if people want to hook up their own bed lights, um, air compressors, things of that nature, um, we have that opportunity there so that they re really can uh, make the, the Maverick their own, um, which we felt was really important. 
the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the cleverness in this vehicle is apparent. There's storage everywhere. You, you talk about the, uh, the door cubbies, which are, are really unique and cool looking. I mean, it's yep. interesting how you guys use color accents to, uh, to highlight them and really make them stand out. Ultimately, though, somebody gets a truck, they're looking at it for capability. That's right. Uh, this comes with a bed. Uh, comes with uh, with all the uh, the technology you're talking about. In terms of drivetrain, uh, when when folks are looking at a, uh, a a pickup, they want to tow or they want to throw uh, you know bikes and and or or uh, skidoos out back. What do you guys have to do to make a unibody pickup? a good towing vehicle. Yeah, I mean, that's really important because at the heart of Built for Tough is that capability and that durability. That's what customers have come to expect, um, and, and obviously that's something we're going to continue to deliver, and Ford Maverick really does that as well. And so, um, you know, looking at both from a payload and a towing uh, capability perspective, we wanted to make sure that capability was there. So on the hybrid, for example, standard hybrid, um, 1,500 pounds of payload um, capability, um, which uh, that's the equivalent of 37 bags of 40-pound mulch. Yeah. Um, and then, um, which know, I think will be a typical use case for this truck. A lot, lot of mulching is going to be going on with this Correct. Thing. And, and certainly these customers may be a little less familiar with truck. Um, putting in an equivalent is really important in terms of how they'll use it. Similarly, um, you know, you have the opportunity um, uh, with uh, 2,000 pounds of max towing on the hybrid. Um, and that's the equivalent of roughly a 21-foot boat. Um, and then we also have opportunity um, uh, where you have... Um, uh, on the uh, the optional uh, engine, which is our 2.0 liter EcoBoost, um, that now you get, f again, 1,500 pounds of payload, and with the max tow capability, 4K uh, tow package, you can get up to 4,000 pounds of towing. So now that you're into a you know a bit of a larger camper uh, and a larger boat as well. I think I think people are surprised with that, that, uh, that a hybrid here is being used in a truck. Um, uh, I, I found it very good. It, it, we have 190 horsepower, um, uh, you know, very, very capable uh, on-road. Uh, do, do you see that as, as something going forward? Hi hybrids uh, for my generation meant Priuses. Um, they meant uh, Ford Fusions. Now, now you got it in a truck. I mean, do you, are you guys confident with the with the ruggedness of this hybrid? Absolutely. I mean, uh, and you know, it's it's a hybrid system that is designed for uh, for truck for our Maverick, um, and you know that was very important. So, um, you know, making sure that it can do the things um, that a truck needs to do in terms of towing and hauling capability, um, that's something we've definitely seen. And I think it's really about, you know, electrification is the wave, um, you know, and it's it's upon us. And, um, you know, having that standard hybrid in the Maverick is, uh, we think, a strong statement. And uh, at that level of affordability, um, really strong value for our customer. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, you guys get a nice range, uh, as every Ford truck does. Yeah. You can sell this thing from twenty to about $38,000 with the... Uh, uh, two liter in the FX4 package in a Lariat. But the value of this hybrid is really something. I mean, like I say, you, you yep. get really good tow, but you also get 500 miles of range. I mean, I think that's the one to get. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we think that, um, you know, that, that uh, the standard will be a very strong option, but I think, you know, we also have some customers um, that will want that, you know, that EcoBoost engine. That's where we get all-wheel drive, so we have an all-wheel drive option as well in our FX4 package um, that comes with that uh, as an option on the 2-liter EcoBoost. So, um, you know, built for tough trucks has always been about choice for customers, and so um, we think you're absolutely right. The hybrid is going to be a very nice proposition uh, at that entry level, but we also have other choices uh, in the lineup as well for those that might be looking for all-wheel drive for a little bit more towing 
uh, capability as well. As I mentioned, that 2,000 pounds, very capable, you know, a pop-up trailer um, with that. But then as you're going into your larger boats and, and um, you know, 21, 23 foot, um, you know, uh, then, you know, you have that opportunity to get that 4K tow package as well. Yeah, it's good stuff. Todd Eckert, uh, Marketing Director for Ford Trucks, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the Maverick. Henry, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be on your show. If your laptop or desktop isn't working or needs updates, call All About Technology. We'll fix it. Call 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. Hello, I'm Sam Riddle with breast cancer survivor Mary Waters, who has an important message for black women who die 40% more than white women from breast cancer. Thank you, Sam. I want black women to listen up. We're dying too soon and suffering from undetected breast cancer because we don't self-exam or get mammograms. We must stop suffering and dying in silence. As a breast cancer survivor, believe me, early detection saved my life. It may save yours. Do self-exam. If you feel any type of lump, go to the doctor immediately and schedule regular mammograms. Early detection save lives. Thank you, Mary Borderson. If you can't afford to see a doctor, please call BCCCP. And this is the number, 888-242-2702. 888-242-2702. Remember, early detection saves lives. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new program on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesday's Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. Get your refreshments and tune into WFDF 9 a.m. Superstation, Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, at 7 p.m. for a good college football game. Enjoy the clashing of Hellman's as the Ohio State Buckeyes take on the Indiana Hoosiers at Indiana. Every home needs a computer in this new age of technology. Get a computer for only 200 bucks. Can't beat that price. Call All About Technology now at 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. Who else but 910 AM can give you this much excitement? I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. You are on car radio. Full swing here on Saturday. Well, I just had a stream coming through here talking about cool cars, classic cars, hot rods, muscle cars. We've got a great lineup for you today. Best car radio show in all of Michigan. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. Detroit's only African-American talk radio. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, out in Silicon Valley with the all-new uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is a fabulous vehicle. I mean, this is, this is a very unusual vehicle. You haven't seen anything like this on the market. I think you're going to be seeing more uh, unibody pickup trucks like this from other manufacturers. We're joined by uh, Shahi Apelian, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who's a vehicle test and development uh, lead for Hyundai, um, and, and Shahi, the, the, the name is unusual. T uh, tell us where that comes from. So I'm Armenian. Uh, I was born in Lebanon, and we emigrated to U.S. Uh, when I was nine years old. And uh, do they love cars in Armenia? 
yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, when you you grew up in uh, you grew up in the United States, grew up sure. in uh, California, uh, but but growing, I mean, California is a tremendous car culture. Yes. Uh, were you into cars uh, uh, from an early age, or or is that something that just sort of developed? Uh, no, I, I tinkered with toys. I like to take apart toys and cars and engines. So from an early age, I was really into mechanical stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and this, uh, this state is, uh, is just awash in, in car enthusiasts. This, this strikes me, the, the Hyundai Santa Cruz, as an enthusiast's vehicle. Uh, driving out here this morning, I had uh, a couple people just pulled up alongside it in, in Tesla Model 3s, other, which is another enthusiast car, and we're, and we're looking at this thing. Um, uh, is, is, is that the target customer? You, you feel like you're going to be attracting people who really want this type of vehicle? Yeah, as you know, uh, there's a reason it's called a sport activity vehicle. Uh, it's really not just a utilitarian, it's also fun to drive. So that was the part of the concept. So something that is really aimed at the person that enjoys driving and has the flexibility in terms of uh, packaging, in terms of interior space, the bed space. Honestly, it's all, all that was taken into account when it was developed. Yeah, yeah this, this country is pick up. Uh, crazy. I'm from Detroit. Uh, the the uh, Detroit three automakers dominate uh, this space. You guys have never been in the pickup space before. Other Asian automakers have been, like uh, Toyota, like Nissan. Uh, what, what what makes your entry into this pickup segment different? So you know, uh, many years ago, a white space was identified uh, for this type of vehicle, and uh, it was first shown as a show car and then we engineered it and we've gone to several iterations then uh, the right platform was found for it and then it was developed into what you see now yeah well and, and first shown as, as a show car in Detroit yes. which kind of tells you um, uh, what, what you got I mean you guys were, were coming right into the, the meat and potatoes pickup uh, uh, market it was something very different uh, the, the reaction to that initial show car must have been tremendous Yes, it was, you know, that was what led us to be able to build this car. So the reaction was really important. And it also kind of highlighted uh, there's an app potential market for this type of vehicle in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, pickup trucks used to be this size uh, in the U.S. market. Now these, they've become these uh, huge things. Uh, there, there's been segmentation in the ladder frame pickup market in the last uh, decade. Very successful. A lot of, uh, of the Detroit 3 manufacturers now produce Jeep Gladiators and Chevy Colorados. Uh, in the mid-size segment because they're easier easier to use around metro areas. Sure. I assume this car is even more targeted at a at a metropolitan user. Yeah, it's you know it's really aimed at metropolitan users or people in the mountains like we are here now. The roads are narrower, uh, parking spots are tighter. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a lot of space, a lot of utility for a very compact size. Uh, so so as you as you. Um, uh, take on this vehicle. As you say, you guys found a, a platform for it. It shares a platform uh, with the Hyundai Tucson, a, 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 another outstanding uh, vehicle, compact SUV. What are the advantages of using a unibody construction in a vehicle like this? Uh, well, one of the biggest advantages is uh, structural rigidity, so it's a much more uh, 
stiff structure and also it's also a lightweight structure. Uh, so those are the big advantages. The other, so with this type of structure, we're able to make a more SUV-like ride and handling and also the packaging is much more compact. Uh, the other thing, it's built on a platform that accommodates many different powertrains. Uh, so although this is currently ICE, uh, the platform is designed to be able to handle HEVs and other powertrains. Yeah. Uh, one of the limitations, presumably, would be uh, you, you can't put multi-length beds on the back the way you would see in a traditional sure. uh, ladder frame. So when you when you talk to customers about that, how do, how do you uh, decide on a four-foot bed as opposed to maybe a six-foot bed like you would find in a mid-size ladder frame truck? So, again, that was... Uh, early on in the planning stage, it was maximized as much as we could given the platform and what we were trying to achieve and looking at what the customers are asking for. So that was optimized for that purpose mm -hmm. and make it as big as possible. Yeah. Um, the uh, Honda Ridgeline, I believe, is the only other unibody truck uh, in the market. Um, you guys do some clever things that, that the, the Ridgeline does, like uh, sub-bed storage. Uh, is, is that something that's unique to a unibody? Can you do that with a ladder frame? Uh, you probably, most probably could, but you would need a SMC bed, a plus, I mean a composite bed uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, talk a little further about the, uh, about the, uh, the, the bed in this vehicle. It's very versatile. It's very different, uh, not sure. just in, not in having a, a, a sub trunk, but in, in many other ways from a traditional pickup. Sure. So actually, you know, the bed of this vehicle was developed and designed in Michigan in uh, Arbor, in Arbor Design Engineering Center. Mm. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, by designers that understand trucks, understand the usability and uh, the needs of the truck and the truck buyer. So a lot of thought went into, like, finding the best optimum designed for that purpose. Yeah. Um, the, the, maybe the most distinctive uh, feature of this bed to the outward eye is, is the tonneau cover. Uh, that is not standard on this vehicle, but is optioned on this vehicle. And that seems to me uh, an option that's going to be extremely popular. Yeah, I think uh, from our uh, planning and marketing departments, uh, you know, there was a big push for it, for it to be lockable, to be, um, you know, easy to use and factory installed. So it's actually offered from, uh, you know, our mid-trim as an option. And from there on, it's standard from, from that point on. Yeah. So if, if, if you're a customer, uh, typically in a pickup truck, uh, you're reticent to throw anything in the in the back, uh, not only because it might be dirty, but because there's no tonneau cover there. Um, uh, in this vehicle, somebody threw their luggage in the back and, and left it outside. Would it be waterproof? Uh, it's water resistant. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, there's a lot of protection against the elements. It is not waterproof but quite a bit of protection and it's lockable and so a lot of safety yeah if you if you, um, if, if you did keep luggage back there um, and, and say you, you you did a lot of gardening you're throwing a lot of mulch back there typically uh, is, is the bed easy to wash out yeah no issues it, it, it drains easily and uh, you know you can just rinse it out and I, and I think then the, the sub uh, cargo is also uh, has a plug, yes. so you can so, rinse so that actually out. the the yeah under bed storage is uh, waterproof, 
but it also has a plug, so if you put, say, use it as a ice chest, you can drain it after it's done. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's pretty slick. Uh, um, so so you so you look at this vehicle from the outside. It's uh, it, it, it's very unusual looking for one, like the Tucson. It has a very distinctive uh, style to it. The the bed is is very different. Um, uh, again, because uh, you guys have integrated that into the body, it's not separate uh, the way it is, say, on a Ford Ranger, where you can put in a five or six uh, foot bed. So it all looks very uh, integrated. Then when you get inside the vehicle. Uh, presumably, it's a lot quieter than your typical pickup. Uh, it's well insulated. Typically, uh, pickups are pretty quiet, so uh, we set a high standard for uh, in terms of noise targets that we wanted to achieve, and, and we're very competitive in that area. I, I, I drove it uh, for a couple hours today, uh, coming coming up here out of Palo Alto. Um, and and it was it was a lot of fun to drive. I mean, I really you, you couldn't tell that it was different from the Tucson. It was it was a very nice driving car. In particular, it does not have the bed flutter that a normal pickup truck has. Why is that? So that's one of the advantages of the unibody construction. Uh, so as I mentioned, unibody gives you a lot more stiffness and a lot more flexibility. So on this vehicle, we've optimized the rear structure to give you that that solid feel ride. Um, there's a lot of work that was done to make sure that happened. A lot of tuning done all over the U.S. for it. Uh, we also have equipped the car with self-levelizing rear shock absorbers uh, that uh, permit better tuning, especially loaded versus unloaded conditions. So, so what does that mean, self-leveling? That means if you, if you put 1,900 pounds in the bed, it won't sag? Yeah, uh, well, you can't really put 1,900, but, you know, you can put it up to the wait, payload. Wait, wait, yeah, what is the payload? Uh, so the payload, the payload, uh, total payload can be up to 1,900, but, uh, you know, you have to take into account whether you're towing or, uh, you know, you have people on the bed, cabin, so it's, you have to do some math, but right. it could be, uh, you know, around 1,000 pounds, 660 to 1,000 pounds. Yeah, but uh, then, and then how's the self-leveling work? So as you load the bed, you know, you're going to have, uh, the suspension is going to sag to account for the weight, but as you drive the self-leveling suspension, it's a passive system, it just jacks itself back up to a set level, so brings the vehicle back to the correct uh, level. Well, I mean, that sounds very sophisticated. I mean, you, you get air suspensions on high-end trucks. Correct. Is this similar? Uh, it kind of mimics that, but it's very simple and passive, so no pumps, no... Uh, nothing mechanical. It's yeah. just all. I mean, it's mechanical. It's nothing electromechanical. Yeah. Um, get into the oily bits of this car. It seems to share a lot with the Tucson. Uh, similar engine lineup. Uh, it, it shares the base engine with the Tucson. It shares the turbo engine with the Santa Fe. Oh. Uh, so it, it's built on the what we call the N3 platform, and that platform has uh, both naturally aspirated turbo engines as well as uh, hybrids and plug-in hybrids. Yeah. Uh, the, the interior of, of this vehicle, as with the Tucson, is one of my favorite uh, in auto today. Uh, you, you guys, um, uh, it's sort, sort of contrary to the exterior, which is which is very eye-catching. Uh, uh, the, in, the interior is very simple. Um, uh, so simple, in fact, that the instrument display does not sit under a hood. You just have an LCD screen uh, up there. Talk a little bit about what you guys are doing uh, with interiors. 
so in this case, the LCD screen, because of the technology of the LCD, that you know it's improved tremendously over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, it has enough uh, resolution that you know in sunlight you can still see it. So, uh, from a styling standpoint, that was a freedom to give them not to give a hood for the uh, cluster. Uh, otherwise, you know, again. Uh, Styling for it is very similar to the Tucson, so it carries over from that vehicle. Yeah. Does it uh, d does it share any exterior pieces with the Tucson? The front end is very similar. Uh, similar but distinct. So actually, yeah. I don't think it shares uh, many, if any, pieces with the Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very dramatic uh, looking vehicle. Um, so is uh, we're, we're out here in California. It's a coastal. Uh, town. I see a lot of people loading uh, surfboards in this vehicle, going to the beach. Uh, but uh, talk about how this customer and, and your all's experience is different than a typical pickup customer. Well, it's, you know, again, being a sports activity vehicle, like the name implies, it's really focused on people that have hobbies and activities that, that would a vehicle with a bed would be very useful for. So people that bike, mountain bike, uh, surf, any any outdoor activity, uh, you know, it's very well suited for that, yeah. and that's a target customer for it. But it'll tow five thousand pounds. Well, those people also have other toys that you know. <laughs> so yes, it can tow five thousand pounds with the two point five turbo and all wheel drive. Yeah, that, uh, that, that strikes me as one of the sacrifices uh, of a unibody pickup. You're going with a four-foot bed, uh, so you, it, it, it's difficult to put a motorbike back here. You presumably sure. want to tow that. Uh, you can put uh, bicycles back there, but I noticed that the uh, wheels tend to hang out the uh, rear. Um, uh, do you recommend uh, that people take the wheels off of the bicycle? How would they do that without scratching the tailgate? Uh, we do have accessories that protect the, the bed. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the bed so but there's also other accessories available that actually stretch the bed further so you can you can put your bikes without damaging the vehicle yeah you have, you have uh, bed, bed extenders uh, a number of accessories and those are all available from Hyundai yes they are yeah. Well, uh, Pellion, it's great, uh, great talking to you. Uh, fantastic vehicle. You guys must be very proud of this. This is a segment-busting uh, vehicle, and uh, we we uh, we hope it does well in the market. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. This is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, hanging out at uh, a lake in New York. It's not a bad place to uh, be for the day. I'm talking with Rachel Fellrath, who is the marketing manager for the Jeep. Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Yes, the Wagoneer is back. We're all very excited. Uh, Rachel, why is it back? Well, you know, we just we saw a market opportunity. So <laughs> you, when you look at Jeep, right, Jeep covers the, the mainstream SUV segments from small, you have Renegade up to Grand Cherokee. And so we saw an opportunity in the large SUV segment, both the mainstream and the premium, to expand there, right? We, we've seen so much growth in those segments, you know, with competitive products, new introductions of products that we knew that it was a fantastic opportunity for us to take our you know, capability, our styling, our technology, and expand into that space. The uh, Wagoneer, uh, I think, started in the 60s. Uh, just talk about the original Wagoneer and why it went away. So the original Wagoneer launched in 1962. It's a 63 model. And it really defined and created the SUV market. So it was the first 
Sorry, I might run some, away if there's a bug. Oh, we're getting some bees. Um, it's all right. So, like, big ones. Sorry about that. <laughs> My um, wife's electric, too, so. Allergic also, yeah. These, uh, are, these are wasps, so yeah, don't want to mess with them. That, that's why I was going to run away. Um, no, it launched in 1962 as a 1963 model, and it was the first SUV to offer an automatic transmission with a 4x4. Plus, it also incorporated many of the premium features that you'd find in a passenger car into the SUV. Things like CV radio, air conditioning, you know, the big leather seats. You know, so it really created the, the SUV market, and that ran uh, until 1991. We actually launched Grand Wagoneer in 1984 uh, with, you know, things like the standard wood paneling that everyone knows and loves. Um, and then, you know, at that point in time, you know, it was just time to move on, and we expanded the portfolio with other vehicles and focused on things like Grand Cherokee at the time. Um, but we've decided to bring it back because, like I said, we've seen an opportunity uh, with both the, the heritage of the nameplate and that, you know, it was a leader in its time. So we expect that again. Yeah, I, I think most people think of the Cherokee as being the original SUV no. uh, back in the 80s. But it was really the Wagoneer going, going way back. Uh, the, the wood... Uh, used to be on the outside. Now it's on the inside. I mean, th this thing is a gorgeous car uh, on the inside. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the, the interior is stunning. Uh, we don't have the wood on the in exterior right now, but we have reimagined it on the interior. So you'll find expansive amounts of uh, real walnut, use of real authentic metals, soft leathers. You know, you get inside and you just see the 75 inches of screen on the Grand Wagoneer. And you could just stay there all day. It's like taking your living room on wheels. Yeah, no, it really is a uh, rolling living room. Um, to, to, to that point, I mean, given the luxury here, I found out today from you that New York, Metropolitan New York, is the biggest cheap market in the country. Might be a little surprised to uh, some Michiganders uh, out there, but uh, that kind of goes to this brand. I mean, this is the rare brand that, that straddles mainstream and luxury. You, you, you guys start with Renegades, mm -hmm. and you're going all the way to $100,000 plus um, uh, Grand Wagoneers here. I don't know that there are many brands that have that kind of breadth. No, they, they don't. And, you know, we created this premium extension of Jeep Wagoneer uh, with these two models because we saw the opportunity to continue expanding both in size, the largest SUVs, and upwards into premium. And we knew that, you know, in order to really uh, appeal to that customer base that those premium customers with those you know, high expectations they're very discerning we wanted to create a subset an extension of the brand that really focused on premium so it is a little bit it is separated from jeep you won't find jeep badging uh on the vehicles to really kind of give that separation mm -hmm. but yes when you look at it we do span you know from entry level with renegade you know all the way up even you know things like grand cherokee right your, your summits your overland uh, are reaching new levels within the, the full-size SUV space. I mean, you, you, you look at uh, the obvious competitors in this uh, space from General Motors and Ford, and they, they do this space with uh, two brands. In the case of uh, Ford, Ford and Lincoln. In the case of GM, they cover this space with three brands, with, with uh, Chevy, GMC, and Cadillac. Uh, you guys were able to make this transition from Wagoneer to Grand Wagoneer under the Jeep label. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How do you, how, how does, how are the models different and how does the customer change from Wagoneer to Grand Wagoneer? Yep, so we have this, they're both short wheelbase models, so they're the same size, um, but you'll find many distinctions both functionally uh, and design wise and technology wise between Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. So your Wagoneer, you get your 5.7 uh, V8 standard. You have things like uh, static side steps as standard. 
you have you know smaller wheels you have on the interior uh, a 10-inch radio a 10-inch cluster and then when you move up to Grand Wagoneer you get things like uh, power side steps as standard you get the accented gloss black roof as standard the 6.4 liter uh, and then you have larger technology and screens on the interior with a 12-inch cluster and a 12-inch radio so we've really tried to separate the two models um, not just functionally and design-wise, but also technology and safety-wise, so they do appeal to two different customers. And, you know, looking at the customers that will buy these vehicles, um, you know, they're both very focused on active lifestyles. You know, these are big vehicles that can seat up to eight. Uh, we have all the technology and uh, creature comforts, you know, in there for long road trips, you know, for really, you know, accommodating your lifestyle. We can tow up to 10,000 pounds on Wagoneer. So really focused on the activities and the lifestyles of these customers. Uh, and then, you know, with Grand Wagoneer, uh, we like to say that, you know, these customers, um, they really made it. So, you know, they like to live life to the fullest, right? So they can choose whatever they want. And this is, you know, they're not so focused on, say, a status symbol or, you know, what others think, but they want something that's really going to uh, reflect who they are uh, and embody both their, you know, how they've achieved what they've achieved in life, but then also, you know, can uh, get a little dirty. Yeah, and, yeah, and you find all those customers here in New York. I mean, that that, that really, really kind of uh, uh, defines New York. If you make it here, you can make it anywhere. So you could start at uh, uh, a Wrangler, and you're somebody who's taking the taking the taking it out to Long Island or up in the Catskills on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then as you as you uh, make it in the financial uh, business, then uh, you can show off this Grand Wagoneer. So yeah, you can. I mean, you can see people within this metropolitan area uh, traversing all these models. The the Grand Cherokee L, which I tested uh, recently this summer, uh, has a notable uh, uh, upgrade in the interior. Mm -hmm. uh, is that because of the Wagoneer? I feel like the Wagoneer being the halo now is going to affect everything below it. Yeah, well, the, the new interior of the Grand Cherokee L is also very stunning, and there is some nods to to its, you know, to the heritage of the original Wagoneer in this, you know, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer in terms of even the, the, the grill getting turned uh, to stand up a little bit you know, taller, as Taylor was talking about this morning. Yeah. Um, but yes, taking it certainly taking it up a level and, and using some of those design cues, but then again, trying to keep the separation to, between Jeep and, and Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer. The, the other $100,000 Jeep I've been in is the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. Uh, which, which is a totally different, <laughs> that is a totally different experience. Uh, is, 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 talk about those customers. I mean, are those just uh, totally different customers that want a hundred thousand dollar Trackhawk versus a hundred thousand dollar Grand Wagoneer? I mean, I could, I, you could have both. I, you know, the Trackhawk is it's a it's a fun vehicle. You know, it, it's certainly set up to you could be it could be a daily driver for sure. Um, but they are you know slightly different vehicles. That that customer is just. Uh, more focused on kind of performance on you know they don't necessarily need the space or the tow capability even though they could uh, whereas the Grand Wagoneer customer you know they want to utilize that space and the, the technology that comes with the vehicle as well as the, the capability uh, and the tow capacity. The, the technology is stunning and uh, we, we do a uh, journalist program out here uh, for a day I don't feel like uh, 12 hours is enough to really comprehend what's in this vehicle you really have to live with it. Um, is that is, is that we, we've seen technology come into cars with the advent of the smartphone uh, this seems to be at a different level I mean you're this this vehicle accommodates not just smartphones but all kinds of devices yeah no absolutely so we have you know rear screen, rear seat entertainment available we have an industry first class exclusive uh, passenger screen and you know with those 
screens, right? You can mirror your phone. You can watch what's, you know, on one screen, you can mirror it to the other screen in the rear. You can mirror it to the front. <laughs> you can plug in HDMI. You can use wireless. So, you know, we've really tried to make it as connected and convenient as possible so that, you know, there's a lot of technology, but we've done it in such a way that we're really integrating with your life versus making it an, another step. We're trying to make it easier with all the technology to integrate with what you or your family or your friends want to be doing in the vehicle. Yeah, I mean, really, you can sit in the, the, the first four seats of this vehicle and be in a bubble. You can manage all your own tech. If you're in the passenger seat, you can even give the driver some suggestions about uh, you can. where you want to get yeah. off. Where yeah. you want to stop, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can absolutely, uh, you know, because what we do with the, the head unit, the, the radio, right, when you're driving, the driver cannot input um, directions for, for safety reasons, right? You want them to stay on task, stay on focus on driving. So, so what you can do with the passenger screen is you can input a, a destination and send it to the driver. And then the driver can say, yep, I accept that, and it will reroute you. So, um, you know, that's one of the conveniences you can... You know, look at the cameras uh, around the vehicle. You can look at what passengers in the rear are watching uh, and either tune in or you know, change what they're watching. So uh, the, the interactive display is, um, is certainly a, a new feature that I think is going to be very popular. The other technology is impressive that will not be so obvious to folks unless they think about it. This, this is a, a vehicle, a high-end luxury vehicle that sits on a truck chassis. Uh, what, what have you guys done to the Ram 1500 truck chassis <laughs> to make this thing so smooth? It doesn't feel like a truck, does it? <laughs> no. It's, uh, I think as Mike said, right, it's the, it's the smallest large vehicle you're ever going to drive, right? So, no, it's, um, it's a different, it's a new platform, you know, mission-specific for, for Wagoneer. So it's tuned differently, you know, it's reinforced differently. It's actually two inches wider than a Ram, so it just drives differently. So we have taken the truck as the basis, but we've adapted it to be able to serve the mission of what this vehicle is. Yeah, I mean, you've you got independent rear suspension mm -hmm. on this thing. Uh, I mean, it really is. The, the Ram is already the best handling uh, pickup truck in that segment. And then uh, it, it's really hard to tell, I think, that this is a this is a pickup. But yet you guys want the pickup frame because of the towing capability. Why, why do you want a, a, a truck frame underneath this? Well, it gives you the tow capability. It, you know, the, the wider stance, it allows us the spaciousness that you get on the interior, right? So we have best-in-class second and third row. You know, if you've gotten in the third row, have you gotten in the third row? I have. In, in fact, uh, uh, I, I, I keep talking about my Chris Benjamin moment because I know he's involved in these vehicles. We're about a 6'5", and we fit easily See? in this third row. Exactly. And so, you know, the body on frame gives us that ability to have that design and have that spaciousness in the third row. So that was important to us, you know, in, in designing this and also just the capability, you know, because it is a Jeep at heart, right? So we need the capability um, that comes with the Jeep. Uh, speaking of off-road, uh, we're, we're out here at this uh, country estate, which is just at the top of New York, uh, right on the Connecticut border, and we did off-roading. I mean, as, as uh, improbable as that seems in a vehicle this size, we did some pretty impressive off-roading. Why is that important to you guys? Well, you know, capability is important to us, and obviously it comes through in, in a slightly different way than, you know, uh, a traditional Jeep does. But we wanted to showcase that although, you know, we haven't trail rated this, although it is not a Jeep, it is still highly capable. And what better way to do that than, you know, take it off-road, put it on three wheels, you know, get it, get it a little articulating. Um, but it was very important because while you may not do that every day, if you can do that, you know that this vehicle is going to get you wherever you need to go. 
you know, regardless of the terrain, of the climate, of the road conditions, it's going to get you where you need to go, and we want to portray that confidence, um, you know, in the market. Well, uh, you guys don't have a Rubicon uh, edition of this yet, but I, I, if it does well, I, I, I guarantee you there's going to be a Rubicon version of the Grand Wagoneer. Um, so, Rachel, uh, um, I have a buddy of mine here in New York City, owns an Escalade. I know he's going to take a hard look at this vehicle. He's a, he's a big man. Uh, a lot of my buddies, uh, basketball players like me, they like these vehicles because they're huge and they can fit easily inside. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a little thing. You're buying a Grand Wagoneer. Why are you getting one? For all the reasons that I just mentioned, I mean, <laughs> I, I like the command of the road. You know, I like the city of Pyre. I like the capability. I know that, you know, I can get my kids where they need to go, you know, in the snowstorm. Uh, you know, I can drive them down here, right? Um, so it's the spaciousness, it's the technology, it's the design. I mean, it's a beautiful, timeless looking vehicle. So I just, I love everything about it. And, uh, you know, I love the size. I, uh, one of the things I love about this vehicle is that you can take it in the city and you can self-park it. Will you do that? Will you, will you use the self-park feature? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm parallel parking this thing on my own. Not when I have the technology that can do it for me. So, you know, I think what's really nice about the Grand Wagoneer and the way that we have advanced this feature is that now, you know, in the past you've had to uh, control the brake yourself, control the gear selection yourself. Now it'll search for a spot and you just depress the button and it will do the gear selection, the brake, the throttle for you. So it really takes, you know, any potential user error out of it and uh, does it for you. And somewhere like New York is the perfect place to, to use it. And, and on that note, I think people understand this is a comprehensive vehicle that you can uh, parallel park this thing automatically in the city. Rachel Felrath, uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer Marketing Manager, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.
welcome to Furniture Depot, where we have the lowest prices in town. Check out our furniture, rugs, speakers, bed, home decor, and more. We have financing available, same-day pickup, and no waiting on deliveries. With everything in stock, Furniture Depot offers a five-year warranty with layaway available. We will deliver and set up, and you can get a gift with every purchase. We're open seven days a week. Contact us at 734-744-7791, extension number one. We're located at 27500 Schoolcraft Road in Livonia, Michigan, 48150. Come to Furniture Depot today. Hello, Detroit. This is Kim Holt. I'm here to introduce you to MoreForDetroit.com. MoreForDetroit.com is a website giving you a brief summary of who Ricardo Moore is, what Ricardo Moore does, and what Ricardo Moore believes about Detroit. More for Detroit also has a comprehensive list of contact numbers on who to call just in case. More for Detroit is for you. M-O-O-R-E, the number four, Detroit.com. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air within 30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Bronisha Williams now at 313-434-8291. Hi, this is Regina Ross, your Neighborhood Black Club Chair with the Neighborhood Update of Events. There are many cancer awareness events, COVID explanation, abusive women conference, climate change events, big changes with Les Brown, black women empowerment, and some of our monthly black club meetings are Barton McFarland, DeSoto Ellsworth, Beaverland, 